Am I allowed to have this? Am I not allowed to have this? Why do I feel gross? Is it because of what I had yesterday? Is it because of what I just ate? And what did I eat yesterday? Am I allowed to eat a cookie today? Like that mental dialogue, the running tape yeah. that often goes, whether we are challenged with the food relationship or not, we often have this dialogue. Yes. When that goes away, mm-hmm. what do you want to put all that mental capacity toward? Because that's the magic. Hey there, besties. Welcome to our cozy corner of the podcasting world. Thank you for pressing play and spending some time with me here on Share a Latte. I'm Min Sucre, your virtual coffee bestie, podcast orchestrator, master storyteller, and your caffeinated host. Picture us in a cozy cafe with the rich scent of freshly brewed coffee as we embark on a journey filled with inspiration. In each episode, remarkable women share their tales of overcoming life's hurdles, offering a comforting embrace for your spirit. These narratives serve as a reminder that resilience and unwavering determination pave the way to success. Join me each week for conversations that will stir your mind, warm your heart, and you'll unearthly own your own ability to transform challenges into remarkable strengths. The Share Latte podcast sprinkles hope, courage, and the belief that you can not only handle life, but thrive throughout your day. All right, besties, let's embrace those tales of triumphs and get ready for another episode of Share Latte. Hey there, Latte and Podcast lovers. Thank you for pressing play and joining me on Share a Latte. We're diving deep into the world of wellness with the incredible force of nature, Jen Trepic. Recognized in Podcast Magazine for 40 Under 40 and nominated for the 2022 International Women's Podcast Award for Visionary Leadership, Jen is not only an optimal health coach, podcaster, and a business consultant, but a beacon of inspiration. After founding Better Life Now and working in hedge funds, she took the leap of faith into full-time entrepreneurship, launching the Salad with a Side of Fries podcast to empower a wider audience on the path to optimal health. Join me for a coffee-friendly conversation as Jen shares her transformational coaching approach, debunking wellness myths, and unveiling the secrets to building a happier, healthier life. Welcome back, friends. I'm joined today with one of my favorite clients, Jen Trepic. And Jen's got a really fascinating story, especially as to how she got to where she is now in regards to being an excellent health coach and having one of the top three, I believe, Jen, podcasts in the world with Salad with a Side of Fries. I'll take it. Right. <laughs> Positive, it's top three. <laughs> but, but before we get in too deep, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your personal health journey and how you got to where you are now? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. Yay for your show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's see. So my bi- my background is really business and marketing. I went to the University of Michigan. I was in the business school there. And I had graduated, took a full-time job that I was overqualified for. And so I was looking for things to do outside of my full-time job because not only did I have the capacity for it, but I just knew I didn't want to work for somebody else for the rest of my life. I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was going to do. I just knew it wasn't going to be that. Right. Right. At the same time all that's happening, I have my own weight management saga. 
Like, I hate the word journey. I think the word journey doesn't do it justice. <laughs> saga. Uh, it was a saga. It was like – There was drama. Like an Oprah. It was turbulent. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up a dancer. Mm-hmm. And because of that growing up, I think I was just more aware of my body and where my body is in space. So when I started to gain weight, I think I was hypersensitive to it. Mm. The other thing is I grew up in a home where there was always a diet of the week, the month, the day, whatever, right? Like we in my house did every fad diet there was, even though at the time I didn't necessarily need it for myself, that was in the conversation, right? It was a pantry full of snack wells. It was a pantry, right? Whatever, low carb, no carb, sugar-free, fat-free, all of those things we did. Mm -hmm. Also had a refrigerator that was full of soda, like lots of diet soda, but so like we are foodies (laughs) and I grew up around a lot of this kind of conversation. So when I started to gain weight, I was like, okay, I know what to do because my family did this. Right. Two things happened. One was that I thought I would be different. I thought I would be able to like do the one, check the box and have it be done, like lose the weight and move on. That didn't really happen. And so then I was like, okay, you do this diet and then you do that diet and then you do this thing, right? And tried everything under the sun. So I joke that like there isn't a diet out there that I haven't done, my family hasn't done, or we don't know somebody who's done it. So that was the life of gaining and losing, living on that roller coaster, trying to figure out why at times I felt like I would just breathe and gain weight. Like, how is this possible? Mm. And then worlds collided because in the process of looking for something to do outside of my full-time job. Right. And at the time, I was very into Weight Watchers, right? I was counting on my points. I was being a little crazy, but counting on my points. It made me feel a little crazy, but I thought that's what was required. And in that process of looking for something outside of my full-time job, I was introduced to the curriculum that I've now based my practice on. But at first, I was like, no, I've got my thing. I don't need whatever you have. But I saw people who were following this thing, right? This plan, this whatever it was. I didn't even know at the time. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, number one, they were keeping the weight off. And then number two was this woman's story. And I have no idea who she is. Every time I tell this story on a podcast, I'm like, if you're out there and you hear this, please tell me this was – So she's telling her story of losing like 150 pounds. Wow. Right. And I'm looking at this woman and I can't even see where 10 pounds could have been on her body. You know what I mean? And she's telling me that the equivalent of another human was attached to her. And I was like, huh? Like I had this moment and this conversation with myself that was like, Jennifer, get over yourself because they know something you don't know. Mm -hmm. Because based on what you know, that doesn't compute. Right. So I worked with a coach. I followed the program myself. Completely changed my life in 12 weeks. Like 12 weeks. That's how quickly it happened. Yeah. Like – the only thing that allowed me to say I kicked my food issues. Ooh. And so from there, I was like, 
everybody deserves this information. Like I felt like it was the nutrition education we're all supposed to know, but no one ever taught us. Mm -hmm. I'm having flashbacks to health class and growing <laughs> up and it was that dumb food pyramid, right? All That's of exactly these things, I think all the time. Like we could dive deep into that separately, but I was like, we all deserve this information. This is about mm -hmm. human health, not even about like weight loss is the byproduct. That's the side effect mm -hmm. of just understanding this stuff. I really felt passionately that everybody deserved this information. And then I was like, this is the thing I'm going to do outside of my full-time job. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay it forward and help people help themselves because that's what this is. I actually, I'm just a guide. Everybody else does it themselves. Mm -hmm. So that was late 2007. Oh. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and I became a health coach mm -hmm. on the side. So outside of my full-time job, this was like before health coaching was a thing. This was before side hustles were a thing. All my friends were like, I just don't understand. Why can't you come to the bar? <laughs> it's like, yeah. but I built my practice on the side for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Long time. In 2019, I knew I was going to be leaving my full-time job. Right. And I'd gotten into listening to podcasts. And I remember being like, I could do this. But like... <laughs> I could do this. No, that feeling. Words. Yeah, those are famous words for any podcaster. Totally. Anybody, yeah, you get to the point where you're like, oh my God, this is so easy. And then you go, oh wait, maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I could do this. And because I don't know what to do with full, with free time, because I had a full-time job and my own business, I was like, when I leave my job, I'm going to start a podcast. But I didn't even know at the time what it was going to be about. And then, and I had all these ideas, and then it, I started listening to some of the podcasts because somebody said, why don't you do a podcast connected to the health coaching stuff? So I started listening to the podcasts that were in the category. Mm-hmm. And I say this with love, but I hated them. Mm. They either felt to me like people were yelling at me for a half hour to an hour. You know what I mean? Yelling. When it's like yes. just one person and it's yeah. stop yelling at me, please. Yeah. I just want to learn something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I get what you're saying. That's why I'm laughing about it. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So it was either – sorry, this story is really long, but – Totally fine. It was either they were yelling at me. Mm -hmm. or they spent the entire time telling me what they were going to tell me. And then we get to the end of the episode and they're like, but you got to pay me to actually get the answer that I've told you I've been going to tell you this whole time. And I was like, oh no. no. <clears throat> the last category of the podcast I heard was just, they were just snooze fest. It's like I would be listening, walking around New York City and I felt like I left them six blocks behind me. It was yeah. like, this is not my pace. So I set out to take what I liked about the podcast that I listened to and put it into this wellness category. Okay. And that was salad with a side of fries. Amazing. Yeah. So August of 2023 was four years of salad with a side of fries. I remember this. Wild. I know. Okay. Yeah. We, including, so I have the full length episodes and then I have these smaller bonus episodes and including all the bonus episodes, we published over 400 mm -hmm. episodes in the last four years. It's really, um, it's been a fun ride. I love it. And it just continues my own learning in the space. 
Yeah, and the beautiful thing about Solid with a Side of Fries is I didn't get into listening to any of the health podcasts before yours. <laughs> so I didn't ever feel yelled at. But I did. <laughs> I will say you are right, because there was times that I would listen to, obviously, because you want to know your clients, but you also want to know who their competition, quote unquote, their competition is, yeah. to see if you can help out them out. So and I remember listening to a couple of them being like, wow, this is just, how, how do people listen to this? I'm I, bored. <laughs> I, I totally get where you're coming from. So you turned it into a full time. And yes. how did this start affecting your health now that you were getting and you were learning so much more? It's interesting because so over since 2007 mm -hmm. and working with clients, I would say I am an insatiable student. I keep learning. I keep reading. I keep going to conferences and seminars and workshops and all of the things. So anytime things come up for myself or for my clients, I end up in a rabbit hole because I believe that the difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it is understanding why. Mm -hmm. So I geek out on like the science side to figure out why is it that they say laughter is the best medicine, for example, right? right. Why is it, what actually happens when we eat the Twix over the cucumber, mm -hmm. right? Or vice versa. So over the years, my health has continued to evolve. The most interesting thing between leaving my full-time job and now mm -hmm. and the evolution is the stress. The biggest difference in my life is releasing the toxic energy that I was surrounded by for – I spent 12 years in hedge funds. Before oh. that – I know. <laughs> <laughs> before that – I was a photo shoot producer, but even in that, there were some really toxic environments mm -hmm. and things like that. So it was, and it's an interesting thing to learn how to thrive in that kind of environment. And it actually requires that we, I shouldn't say we, me, it required me to shut down a lot of my own emotion, right? right. To not let things hit me. Mm -hmm. And- the biggest journey of my own health since leaving there is learning to release the stress, learning to live in a different energy and reconnect to my own being, which sounds really like, woo, <laughs> but it is. It's been the biggest thing and learning to trust and have faith mm -hmm. in the process of not knowing the grand plan, everything I do every day is throwing noodles at the wall and seeing what works. And yeah, you've been witness. I'm game for just about anything. Mm -hmm. And it's all a giant experiment. But that sort of unpredictability or unknown mm -hmm. is a whole other layer of our mental health right. and learning to be comfortable in that. Yeah, absolutely. And how much of this, like your approach seems to be rooted in working with the body and the science behind it and incorporating all of that. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on how you incorporate the science behind health and fitness to influence and help create a change in our society in regards to the quote unquote, I guess, I don't want to use these words because I know you hate them, but I'm going to use them, diet culture. Yeah. So 
I'm trying to think of where to start. There's so many things going through my head. Like I said, I think the difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it is a function of understanding why. Yeah. So it is one thing to say, we're supposed to sleep, Mm. right? Sleep is really important. We all know that. Yes. At the same time, there's a lot of those health gurus that say, if you're not waking up at 4.30 and running a marathon by 5.30, then you're failing. (laughs) And it's like, which is it? Because both things can't necessarily (laughs) be true in the reality of our day to day. Mm -hmm. So I dig into, okay, what happens when we sleep? Mm. And if this is what happens when we sleep, it stands to reason that certain things on that, in that don't happen when we don't sleep. For example, when we don't sleep and that could be not sleeping enough or the sleep that we're getting being not quality restful sleep, Mm -hmm. our body is less sensitive to a hormone called leptin. Okay, leptin is the hormone that tells our body when we're satisfied, when we're done eating. Okay. Okay, how many of us have had that time where whether it was in college when you pulled an all-nighter or you just had a really late night and then the next day you're like insatiable? It's, I'm craving sugar. I can't stop eating. It's because our body's not responding to leptin. Oh, I didn't fail. I don't suck. It's actually chemical. That's what's happening the day after we don't sleep. So what understanding that, so first of all, these are the exact same ways that I explain this stuff to my clients, right? Mm -hmm. And what it allows us to do is say, Okay, so I get that what happened yesterday was that I didn't sleep enough the night before. So I don't have to beat myself up. I can recognize that's what's going on and continue Mm -hmm. moving forward. And so it shifts our relationship to our behavior. It shifts our relationship to our food choices. And so that's part of how, like, understanding the science side of it translates into behavior change and a shift in our thought process. Similarly, talking about diet culture, Mm -hmm. we're told to eat less, move more. Yes. If that was how the body worked, would anybody have a problem? Right? Clearly, there's more going on. Right. And the other thing that I also, you know, you don't need a degree to know, going back to the Twix and the cucumber, you don't need a degree to know that... Things are going to be different in your body if you eat a thousand calories of Twix or a thousand calories of cucumbers. Of course. Now, I'm not recommending either one for that matter. (laughs) No, don't do that. Don't do that. But the point being, like, you know that's different because nutrition is different between a Twix and a cucumber. Therefore, it's not the calories that matter. It's the quality of those calories that matter. Absolutely. And then we can get into understanding all the different things that are at play between the calories and the nutrient density or the nutrient deficiency that we provide ourselves mm-hmm. and then the cravings that follow the energy that follows the quality of our sleep frankly it's the quality of our life that's different right yeah. can i actually pay attention in my day mm-hmm. and i think not that this is answering your question but it's magical <laughs> no, it's i always say weight management isn't health. It isn't magic. It's science. Yes. But the piece that is magical 
is the way it snowballs. Mm -hmm. It snowballs for yourself. It snowballs to the people around you. Like I have a lot of clients with young kids. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, great. Am I going to now be making one thing for me and one thing for them to eat? And it's yeah. like fundamentally no, because what we're talking about is how humans, pretty right. sure, frankly, most animals too, but that's beside the point, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's fundamentally human. Mm -hmm. Then there are nuances that are individual. And the other thing is I don't think we give young people enough credit. Agreed. And young people meaning littles, like kids. Yes. Most of the time, my clients will find their kids wanting to eat what they're eating, snacking oh. on the veggies and hummus instead of the chips. So I think we can give them more credit. And then there's stuff that we talk about like fridge first. Food mm -hmm. is found in the fridge. Yes. One little mantra can completely shift how we feel about food. It's not good, bad. No. Yeah. It's a different perspective. And we also hear now in diet culture, it's also all foods fit, <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. I always say it's not what to eat, it's how to eat. Mm -hmm. It's how do we have the dessert, maybe even every day? How do we enjoy the holidays and have our health too? Right. Because it's not about never having birthday cake. It's like, how no. do we eat the birthday cake so that it doesn't impact us the same way it does now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to call you out a little bit because I love doing this. <laughs> you are one to order in often. Always. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, there, this isn't even calling out. No, this, is, this is just the reality of yeah. my life. Yeah. I know. Um, how are you helping your clients in regards to, because I'm the same as you. I love maybe not ordering in, but definitely going out. And that's one of the biggest things I feel like, I think twice sometimes about. So if I do it twice in a week, I sometimes wonder how that is having, how much that is having an effect on my body and my health. Good question. Yeah. So I will say I did this, lived this life, mm -hmm. working in hedge funds for 12 years, which meant I ate all meals either in the office or at a restaurant or ordered in, right? right? So as to say, you can 100% do this eating out. And I believe if your plan does not allow you to live your life, then it's not the plan for life. It's not the plan. I also believe that part of meal prep is learning how to read a menu. Ooh. It's not about not eating out. It's about looking at the menu a little bit differently. And maybe okay. choosing where we're ordering from slightly differently. Okay. Fundamentally, mm -hmm. when I'm ordering food, mm -hmm. I have I think to myself, am I ordering because I just don't have groceries and I need something to eat? Or is this some kind of an occasion? Right. Nine times out of ten, it's just because I don't have groceries, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, I'm the kind of person where even if I had groceries <laughs> and I meal prepped, it would be the things that I don't feel like eating anymore. Of course. Yeah. Preach it to the choir. Yeah. When I'm thinking about those kinds of occasions for ordering food or going out to eat, mm -hmm. my mindset is it's an at-home meal replacement. 
Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. what are the things that I can order that are pretty close to something I would make for myself? Okay. I can get a salad from the diner Mm -hmm. with grilled chicken on it. I can get... Diners are my favorite because there's so many options, right? There's a diner by me that also does like grilled vegetables and grilled chicken over a baked potato. Like Ooh. so satisfying. Sounds delicious. Yeah. And I love a good potato. Yeah. Clearly. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. There are – and I live in New York City. So there are certainly some options here that maybe aren't everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can get an omelet. Egg whites and veggies and – whatever it is. So there are, oh, Chinese restaurants where I can get a steam platter of shrimp or chicken and steamed vegetables and then whatever sauce I want, I can put on the side. So an at-home meal replacement is like close to something that I would make for myself. Okay. Okay. Versus having an event of a meal. Right. If it's those occasions of having an event of a meal, I'm always looking for Protein, fiber, quality fat. Now, at a restaurant across the board, yes, we're going to have more fat than if we made it for ourselves. Yes, we're going to have more salt or some of these other things. That's the thing. Like, you're inherently making that choice by choosing to eat from a restaurant. So we're Mm going to pick our battles. Right? Right. Leave it alone. (laughs) That's a given. So I don't necessarily need to, like if it's a salad and I'm not going to do dressing, do I want to add avocado to the salad? Or do I want to do olive oil as part of my dressing to get my quality fat in that meal? If it's a nicer restaurant and I'm ordering a bunch of things that they've made, I don't need to go out of my way to get the quality fat. There's going to be fat in that meal. Right. So now I'm looking at protein fiber. Protein is clean, lean protein. Mm -hmm. I don't really care even if you want it to be red meat on occasion, right? I believe the issues with red meat are about the quality of the meat, not red meat itself. Mm -hmm. So choosing vegetables and protein, I'm a big fan. I love eating a bunch of little things. So I like to make a meal out of apps and sides. So I can get protein from an appetizer and two veggie sides, and I'm Mm -hmm. super happy. But it's about looking for things a little bit differently. Like when I look at a menu in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. what it's telling me is essentially what they have in their kitchen. Okay, yeah. It's recommendations, Mm -hmm. but it's not prescription. So if I want this salmon but veggies instead of their mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. or rice or whatever, like I can ask for that. I see you have this appetizer. Can I get that in an entree size? Or what? right? It's telling us what they have in their kitchen. And by the way, (laughs) I'm thinking of, there was one restaurant. We were traveling as a family. My sister was trying to come up with a meal and everything she asked for, they said they couldn't do. Okay. And I just got to the point where we were like, if everything is that pre-made, why are we here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if a restaurant is not willing or not able to be accommodating... Next, there are plenty of restaurants in this world. Absolutely. But it's, again, it's like that shift in thought process about how we look at a menu. What are we looking for? Mm -hmm. And then how am I choosing what I'm having on any given day? Um, Oh, I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Nice. Oh, good. (laughs) 
You talk a lot on it, one, just in general, but also on solid with a side of fries about consistency and it being, we don't call it king here because that's not a thing on this podcast. Right. Um, but consistency is queen. So the more emphasis that we're putting on consistency in regards to our health, how many times though have you personally fallen off the consistency wagon? And then how much harder is it for you to get back on it? I'm going to sound like a jerk right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you going to tell us you've never fallen off the consistency wagon, Jen? That's the thing about consistency. There isn't an on or an off. We just Ooh. keep going. Ooh, so if you think you have fallen off, then you are not focused on consistency. There is no mm -hmm. on or off. Right. That's a very different mindset. I love that mindset. We just keep going. Mm -hmm. I think I did a nutrition nugget called stop starting over. Yes, stop starting over. Just keep going. Inherently in what we're telling ourselves when we say, oh, I, I, I got to start over. Mm -hmm. We tell ourselves we failed. We tell ourselves the only way to do anything is to be perfect. And yeah. that if we're not perfect, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're wrong. We're bad. We have to start over at square one. But you're not at square one. No. You don't lose whatever healthful choices you made just because yesterday was a holiday or we went on vacation. That doesn't negate all the other things. So we just pick up where we are and keep going. Stop starting over. That's the difference between consistency and not. Consistency allows for vacation. There's, I talk a lot about consistency versus intensity. Oh, yes. So especially a good way to think about this, like a helpful way to think about it is like with exercise, right? Mm -hmm. If we're in like this push for super intense exercise, it is much harder to be consistent right? To find the hour, to have the energy to do the hit, to do the thing, to fit, right? That takes a lot. Mm -hmm. That intensity is harder to be consistent. So consistency and intensity are generally inversely related. The more intense something is, the harder to be consistent. Right. The less intense, the easier it is to be consistent. Mm -hmm. If consistency is queen and that's the objective, then our objective is something less intense that we can maintain. Right. Oh. So then it's mm -hmm. just, and not just, but moving our body every day. Some days that might look like something intense. Some days that might look like a 10-minute walk after dinner. Some days that might look like a 30-30-30 in the two minutes before a Zoom call, which is 30 squats, 30 push-ups, 30 crunches. Who is doing that in between a Zoom call? It takes less than two minutes. You don't have to change your clothes. You're not going to get sweaty. But well, it's... Okay, personal question. When was the last time you did that in between a Zoom call? Never. No, I'm not yeah. kidding. No, rarely, but I do dedicate an hour of my day, yeah. usually an hour, to getting my activity in. Mm -hmm. On days when that can't happen, maybe I'm walking more. Right? Maybe I am doing some stretching before I go to bed, but there's some sort of movement in my day every day. Now, if the objective is movement every day and a lot more things, quote unquote, count, mm -hmm. 
then we can be consistent and vacation doesn't even really matter and there isn't really an off. Right. There may be times like vacation or whatever where we're really lightening up on things because I really want to sleep more because yeah. I want to enjoy the whatever fancy desserts there are or whatever. It doesn't mean that we're quote unquote off unless we use those words. If we continue to think of this is a time of lighter intensity, mm -hmm. right? We're going to loosen yeah. the reins a little and then we maybe tighten the reins again at some point, right? Then we can right. choose finite periods of increased intensity. Oh. Well, that's a lot easier to think about. Yeah. <laughs> that's much easier Good. to think about yeah. instead of adding all of this intensity and I need to jump in in the new year. Is it, I'm sure most people have signed exactly. up for new gym memberships and are like going super hard. But sometime in February, those gym memberships are no longer being used. So the second Friday of January is known as Quitter's Day because oh, that is generally when everybody goes, forget it. We jump in, we try to do this thing, and then it requires every bit of us, our mental capacity, our physical capacity. And then we're like, oh wait, life has to happen too. This is too mm -hmm. hard, I'm out. Yeah. And we're in that on off because we're looking at these things that require much more than we can actually be consistent with. Mm -hmm. True. Oh, yeah. Earlier in the episode, you had mentioned a 12 week program that you had taken. Yes. So you initially had a 12 week program, your own 12 week program. Yeah. I based my entire practice on this mm -hmm. curriculum. And to this day, I work with clients typically in 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. In 2024, mm -hmm. we're changing that. We're going to go through this curriculum in six months. Because what a lot of people say is, I need something, again, less intense, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lighter lift. And it pushes us a little bit because of that added accountability. It pushes us into the consistency. Right. So same curriculum mm -hmm. over six months instead of three so that okay, we can so learn the tools and keep it going. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So who, who is this working for? Is this for the cereal dieters? Sure. So yeah. I, so with the six month program, mm -hmm. I've created two packages. One is a weight management package. The other is an optimal health package. So the cereal dieter may want to look at the weight management package. Right. If you feel like weight has been a thing all your life and you need it not to be a thing, the weight management package. Mm -hmm. If you feel like it was never a thing until, and that mm -hmm. until might be kids might be the pandemic, might be menopause or perimenopause, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's never been a thing and it is now. And I don't really know what to do, but I know enough to know I probably just shouldn't do everything I see on the internet. The weight management package is for you. The optimal health package is for the person who says, I don't necessarily have weight to lose. I feel really good. 
but I'm really interested in this health stuff. I want to know if I should do what Joe Rogan's doing. I want to know if I should do what I'm hearing from Peter Atia or what I'm seeing on the Discovery show with, was it Chris Hemsworth? I have no idea what just what discovery. Whatever superhero, we don't get that up here. Right, Thor, whatever. Like, yes, yeah, you don't have it in Canada. No, uh, right. If I should I be doing all of these biohacking things that I'm seeing mm -hmm. on the internet? The optimal health package is for you. This okay. is filling in the gaps where our nutrition falls short. This is giving us a little bit of that leg up, the foundation, the fundamentals, and then the education helps us know how to evaluate everything we hear coming at us so that we don't have this shiny object syndrome of every day going, am I fasting? Am I not fasting? Am I eating this thing? Am I not no. eating these things? Am I yeah. doing keto? Is this keto? Why isn't this working? Mm -hmm. All of those kinds of questions. The optimal health package would be for that person. Oh, nice. Yeah. And obviously, you're still going to be able to incorporate things in your life, like going on vacation, eating totally. the cake, having so the fries. A lot of people will say, how am I going to be perfect for six months? Like, mm -hmm. perfection not required. That is not the point. And by the way, what better time to go on vacation than when we're working together, where you have the guidance and the coaching and the accountability to do vacation differently? Mm-hmm. So I always say to people, I think it takes like at least a year of living this new lifestyle to really feel like we have a handle on it. As over perfection. The objective is not to have a textbook perfect vacation. The objective is for this vacation to look a little bit healthier than the last vacation. Mm -hmm. And we just keep going on that trajectory. So maybe on this vacation, you actually bring sneakers and workout clothes. Maybe you go once. If that's more than the last vacation, check the box. We did it. Right. Right? Maybe the objective is just to be on the plane on the way home feeling confident. Great. Okay. What needs to happen on that trip for you to feel confident? That's all we have to do. So it's all of these little things and making that progress. So there's no better time to go on vacation than when you have somebody to help guide you through that process and make sure that this vacation's a little bit healthier than the last one. Right. And the beauty of a group program mm -hmm. is that you can learn from somebody else's vacation. Yeah. So now when you do your vacation, Maybe it is after the six months that we're together, although I hope not. I hope everybody's taking more vacation, right? But then the next time you go on vacation, or maybe it's a holiday, right? The next time there's this big holiday that's your holiday, you have a tool belt full of options. Yeah. And you learn from the holiday that somebody else had while we were in the group, right? Because this six-month program starts January 23rd, so it's going to be six months. So if Thanksgiving is your holiday, we're not necessarily going to be talking over Thanksgiving. Right. But maybe you learn from somebody else's Easter or Passover or whatever spring break mm -hmm. that now you're equipped for Thanksgiving, even though it's after our six months. If during the six months, hopefully somebody's seeing results, what are those results yeah. going to look like? Yeah. So... Everybody's results are going to depend on what they're looking for. 
Yes. Because like I said, this is a nutrition education. Mm -hmm. The results are the byproduct. Yes. So if you don't necessarily have fat to release, your body's not going to let go of that which it needs. It's not. No. If it's holding on to fat stores that it recognizes now that it no longer leads, it will. Mm -hmm. So everybody's results are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I have people who, yes, drop the weight, change their body composition, increase their muscle mass, decrease their fat mass. Their clothes fit differently, right? Maybe it's mm -hmm. dropping a couple sizes in the clothes. Maybe it's shredding a little in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> having more energy, sleeping well, being able to focus on the other things in life that actually matter. Right. So everybody's results are going to be different. It depends about what you're looking for and what's going to make a difference in your life. And having said that, these are the tools about just being human and fueling our system I think it's actually really important to have non-health related objectives. What do you mean by that? So a health related objective might be the scale or body fat or mm -hmm. our blood work improving. Non-health objectives might be, I want to pick up a new hobby. Mm. I want to write a book. I want to start a podcast, I, right? What are all of these other things? Because where will your mental energy go when it is no longer preoccupied with what did I eat this morning? What am I going to eat at the next meal? Am I allowed to have this? Am I not allowed to have this? Why do I feel gross? Is it because of what I had yesterday? Is it because of what I just ate? And what did I eat yesterday? Am I allowed to eat a cookie today? Like. That mental dialogue, the running tape yeah. that often goes, whether we are challenged with the food relationship or not, we often have this dialogue. Yes. When that goes away, mm -hmm. what do you want to put all that mental capacity toward? Because that's the magic. That's when we can all go out and make things happen in this world. Right. We can be present for the people in our lives. We can go hang mm -hmm. out with our kids and not be frustrated and not be stressed out. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Good. Oh, there's a lot more, there's a lot more to that program than just like the health <laughs> and food aspect. Ooh. Exactly. Oh. So we talked about what you, I won't be having to give up in the program. Yeah. And we talked about some of the results. What is your biggest, what's your coaching method around all of this? Yeah. So it's really the education. So mm -hmm. we start out with a healthful detox. Okay. Hold on. What okay. does that mean? <laughs> we eat. We eat a lot during detox. What? So if, I know. <laughs> everybody is, that's so weird. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, because, that's not what we were trained for. So we're going to learn how to clean out our system. If you have ever changed your eating habits mm -hmm. and been like, I don't know, I'm noticing nothing. My body is not responding. Yeah. yeah. It's essentially in very technical terms, our GI tract gets gunked up. Super technical, yes. Science, right? Yes. Gets gunked up. 
And so our body can't even absorb the nutrients of all the nutritious food that we're eating. So Mm -hmm. by doing a gentle, healthful detox that focuses on the full GI tract, not just one organ, Mm -hmm. our body can then get the benefit of everything we're doing. Your taste buds reset in about five days. Hold on. I know. I see your face. I'm just confused at what you mean by reset. Am I going to taste things? Because I do understand a little bit from health class, the science behind like where my taste buds lie. Yes. And the sweeter portion being a bigger portion of your taste buds, which is why we love sugar. No. So sweet, salt, and fat are acquired tastes, which means we learn they taste good. Mm Mm-hmm. And it means the more we have them, the more we want them. Want them. Mm -hmm. And the more we have them, the sweeter or saltier or fattier something needs to taste in order for it to register. Mm. So how many people have started out with one sugar or Splenda in their coffee? Yes. And then they're at two. Yes. And then fast forward, they're at four. Yes. Because the one or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the one or two don't taste so sweet anymore. Yes. We can reset. And typically by about day three, four of detox, people are like, oh my God, blueberries have so much flavor. And I'm like, I know, (laughs) right? But we can't even, those things don't even register as sweet right now. Okay. Got it. So starting with a detox helps Mm -hmm. us clean out our system and get the benefit of all of the nutrition that we're going to give ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And it resets our taste buds. And I will tell you, a lot of people's cravings, they'll start out tough, right? Because we're doing a little bit of detox. Right. And then as we add foods back in, our awareness of the cravings Mm -hmm. is dramatically different. Most people, by the end of that detox, are like, I'm okay without the bread. Mm. Now I can add it back in in a proper proportion and have it in its place. Right. So for most of us, we're going to do about six weeks without grains. And that is because it's not about deprivation. It's about the average American eats more grain than an Olympic athlete is recommended to eat on race day. That's a lot of grains. It's a lot of grains. Yeah. By removing them, for a period of time, not only does it help our digestive system, but it allows us to find a handful of new favorite meals that don't rely on the grain and the starch. Mm-hmm. Then we can add them back in, in a proper proportion. So your grains and starches, we actually want to think of like more as a condiment than a food group. What's a condiment? Right. Salad dressing, ketchup, mustard. The things that add some flavor, some texture, a little pizzazz. Yeah. We can use our grains to add some flavor and texture and a little pizzazz, Mm -hmm. not as the fundamental staple of everything we eat. In the education, we talk about all this stuff. So the education starts out relearning, or maybe for some of us learning for the first time, nutrition. How do foods impact our body when we eat them? What does Mm -hmm. our body even do with food? 
why is it that we might feel sluggish after eating certain foods? Why is it that for some of us, these things don't agree with us and for others of us, it's fine? So we learn and relearn food, how to read labels. And I know everybody thinks they know how to read a label. I challenge you, right? Yeah. We're going to really dig into reading labels to know what we're actually having when we choose foods that have a label that we need to read. Mm -hmm. We will eventually, in the first half of the curriculum, get into activity and exercise, but it's not where we start. Okay. Because again, everything out there, you get this book on week one, right? And you're supposed yes. to do 8,500,000 things. Yeah. And that's... you're like, this is too much. I'm out. <laughs> yes. The objective here is that we learn something and implement it. Then we learn the next thing and implement it. And then we learn the next thing and implement it. So you might learn something in the third month that you've been doing. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. The point yeah. wasn't to know everything on week one. You're never going to pass a final exam the first day of the course. Of course. Right? Mm -hmm. It's about using this time to build the tool belt so that we can go on and live the rest of our lives. So the second half of the curriculum is all the stuff that makes this not quite so easy, mm -hmm. right? It's habits, it's sleep, it's stress, it's holidays and events, it's life, yeah. right? It's all the other stuff that complicates the very simple. So like we were talking about before, having these non-health-related goals, mm -hmm. we're going to get there. We're going to talk about it. And of course, it doesn't matter. If you have an event or a holiday that's coming up before we've gotten to that part of the curriculum, we're obviously going to talk about it and make sure that you're prepared. Yeah. But it's set out in such a way that there's a method to the madness of how we learn this and how we implement these things so that we can go on and live our lives it's about changing your life without losing your life. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Like that. All right. So as we're wrapping up here, Jen, any last and final words in regards to this amazing new program that you have built? Because <laughs> I feel like everybody's going to be want wanting to step into 2024 a better, a healthier version of themselves. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the plan. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give all your listeners a link. And you can go and it'll be in the show notes. Yes. yes. You can go register for the program right now. You can mm -hmm. pick a package. We are also going to do a one-on-one -on -one intake. That's huge. So you're going to get this personal approach. You're going to have a personal menu plan. And we start January 23rd, so don't waste time. <laughs> yeah. Do it now. If you have a couple questions on the same website page, there's a place where you can get some questions answered. Mm -hmm. The thing that I say to everybody and I'll say this here too, is even listening to this, being in this conversation is a powerful step. Yeah. We're already making progress because there's a seed planted. Now just take one step. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I am who I am. It doesn't even have to be this six-month program. No, it doesn't. It's one step. Yeah. Maybe that is a 10-minute walk around your couch after mm -hmm. you eat. Maybe it is saying every time you listen to share a latte, you're going to move your body while you do it. Yeah. One thing. Just choose one thing and see what happens. Oh, I like that because that's what I did in 2023 was I chose to not have my coffee until I had food before my coffee. 
all Yay! because of, of salad with a side of fries. Because I was like, oh, is that why my cortisone levels are horrible? Come three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm crashing and dying. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Do you notice a difference? A massive difference. So much so that I Yay. don't even reach for my coffee. It used to be the first thing that I would put on before I went and had walked my dog because he needs to go outside first. And then I'd come back and have my coffee. That's not even something I do anymore I, at all. I don't even think about it. The first thing I reach for is something. It's usually like a fatty, a big healthy fats breakfast. So yeah. avocado toast or no, it's usually avocado toast. Or oh, sometimes I'll do Greek yogurt. But yes, yeah. so much yeah. so that it was one little thing because I was like, there has to be a reason as to why I feel gross come three o'clock. Yeah. And this, all, a lot of our meetings happen at three o'clock. So I would come to our meetings looking for another cup because I needed another jolt of energy because I was wanting to crash. And then that impacts your sleep because yes. coffee's half-life is not very short. No. So at nine yeah. o'clock at night, I would be wired lying in bed thinking what it would be so much easier if I just shut my eyes and just fell asleep now. Yeah. And then by midnight, I'm still having that conversation with myself being like, why is this so difficult? Yeah. It's a great example of how everything is connected. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times somebody might sit there and go, I got to sleep. I got to sleep. I got to sleep. I got to sleep. That's not helpful. No. What if all we did was say, I'm going to eat when I have my coffee in the morning. And now all of a sudden the sleep thing takes care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think about it it's, anymore. It's those kinds of little tweaks that can come from coaching. Mm -hmm. From somebody else taking a look at what's happening and going, oh, let's try that. Yeah. And everything being a little bit of an experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much easier. Awesome. Oh, I love nice. it. I know. I'm not even a coffee person. I'm like, I know. I know. So usually I ask my guests what their favorite coffee order is. <laughs> and I was like, how do I play this with Jen? <laughs> so if I do have coffee, mm -hmm. I love hazelnut coffee. Oh, me too. So I much prefer like hazelnut coffee where it's like the flavored coffee is brewed. But on occasion, I will get a black coffee or an Americano or something with hazelnut syrup. But it doesn't taste the same as like hazelnut coffee. Yes, I agree. The hazel, and yeah. It's just, it's a, it's artificial flavoring, right? So, yeah. Amazing. Everything that we talked about today will be in the show notes along with Solid with the side of fries where you can find it. And the episode that Jen referred to, the Stop Starting Over episode. Along with, there's an episode that Jen does where she shares more of her story, which is very impactful as to how she got to where she is now. So thank you so much, guys, for joining me. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks, man. And that's a wrap for another energizing episode of Share a Latte. A huge thanks goes to Jen Trepic for gracing me today with her presence and wisdom and guiding us on the path to optimal health. Your insights on optimizing our health have left us inspired and ready to take action in 2024 with our wellness journey. Don't forget besties to check out Salad with a Side of Fries for even more wellness insights. Until next time, brew your favorite cup of positivity and remember your wellness journey is a marathon, not a sprint. I hope that this episode inspired you and you take bigger steps in creating that beautiful life that you've always wanted. If today's episode warmed your heart, please hit that subscribe button and stay with us for future journeys. If you enjoyed the chat today, your thoughts and feedback mean the world to me and they'll help others discover the magic of Share Latte. Each story enriches our journey. 
Remember, you can turn trials into triumphs and scars into stars. Keep believing and keep chasing those beautiful dreams. This is Min taking her last sip from the Share Latte podcast, where life happens and coffee helps.